This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Are you looking for official Three Sides of the Coin merchandise? T-shirts, hoodies, and more? Visit shop3sidesofthecoin.com. We ship Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. Every month, more than 50,000 musicians, industry professionals, and rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and KISS fans from around the world listen and engage with the Three Sides of the Coin podcast. If you have a new release or a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael to discuss sponsorship opportunities. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Three Sides of the Coin. I don't know how to describe this show because I have no idea what's going to happen. But as you can see, we are joined by the lovely Lisa Martini, who is stuck in Izzy's basement. Yes. We have Hell's Izzy. a ransom, more yes, like. exactly. We have... We have the not so lovely Izzy Presley upstairs from Lisa, who's in his basement. And Izzy brought along a friend. And yes, we've been trying friend. to explain to Lisa who this friend is and what bands he's been involved in. We've got Alex Kane joining us. Now, seriously, all you need to think of is Alex Kane and Life, Sex, and Death. Right? Ever in life. That's anybody. it. That's all That's you need it. to consider. That's the it's one band you need to know. <laughs> so, yeah, Alex started playing with Life, Sex, and Death, and now he's with Izzy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, so my career tra- trajectory is right on course. Not to, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, not to, uh, uh, you know, in any way contradict, but, um, um, uh, and I'm not, I'm sort of adding more so than contradicting, but, uh, before, uh, before, uh, I started life, sex and death, um, I was, uh, my first pro gig was replacing Michelangelo Badio, um, right. Yep, uh, yep. Chicago guy. Are, are you Chicago guys? Anybody here in Chicago? You're not. Yep. You're from I, I, okay. I, I, I saw you play the thirsty whale with, uh, an Holland. early version of life, sex and death. Uh, bottoms up. Oh, bo- bottoms up. There you go. Because then it quickly mutated to life, sex, and death. Right. Well, we actually more so think that bottoms up was the mutation, and life, sex, and death was the actual people. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that bottoms up was kind of like a, um, uh, uh, like a springboard uh, to our uh, uh, inhabiting our true potential. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so my my first gig was uh, replacing Badio, which um, I still get PTSD about for all the hours I spent having to do that you know what i mean because that was like ramon's cheap trick guy yeah um um and then uh and then uh, subsequently you know many years later i was fortunate enough to having individually worked with all of the living ramones as well as cheap trick and rick nielsen so that was a huge awesome uh uh, uh, uh conclusion of a bunch of dreams and stuff and then but after holland i went on to start enough's enough uh with chip and donnie um and uh didn't really 
it didn't really feed my control uh, issues enough. <laughs> like, I, I, I enjoy calling the shots. So then um, uh, started life, sex, and death. And, and having come, Izzy's nodding. Yep, he is. He sure as fuck is. Me and Izzy are good buddies. We've, we've known yeah, yeah, each other yeah. for as long as there's well, been. Izzy needs somebody to tell him what to do with his life. <laughs> uh, well, you know what I do have to say again, not to contradict, but to, to, to add, um, um, when I, when Izzy and I first became friends, which would have been like seven or so years ago, bud, is that Sounds about, about right? right? Sounds about right. You know, and we, we sort of had like, like, you know, there was this like little cadre of, uh, uh, misfit miscreants um in the hollywood scene so while everyone else was focused on learning how to play white snake songs really well we were still learning how to break shit and play punk rock songs so it would have been me and an ace of uh, johnson and uh johnny martin and sam bam was part of that as well because like he wasn't totally embraced by the people my age yeah yeah, yeah yeah right and so we all kind of found each other. And then through my relationship and friendship with those guys, then I got to meet, or no, I met you first because of the Richie Ramon thing. And Reagan. With, and with Ben Reagan. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because uh, uh, Ben uh, was in uh, Richie Ramon's band with me for a little bit. And um, uh, I thought he was weird. Then I met Izzy, but then it turns out I was wrong. Izzy's actually much more grounded and normal than Ben was, but that's a whole nother topic for a different show. But I do have to say this, um, having met Izzy when I first met him and, you know, he was, a, uh, he was into life, sex and death as all people that have gone on to massive success work. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, 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 uh you know, so he was a fan of that. And, you know, I, it, I, I don't know if it's a, a dynamic that people can identify with, but, you know, we're just people that play guitar and shit um, or whatever we do sing and, you know, but we're just people. So a lot of times when when you meet people that have a uh, an intense attraction to some of the stuff you've done, you kind of put up walls just because it's like, well, you know, that was, you know, 30 years ago and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know where this guy's coming from. So I was a little standoffish at first. I have well, to is he, is he can scare you. Yeah, I, I was going to say, oh, it's, it's about normal. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to go there, but since you guys bring it up, <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. I don't know if you've ever met him, like, just socially. It's like, oh, yeah. I, uh, he's got, I had he's dinner got, with he, him. Yes, and, we did. Oh, God. And drinks. And drinks. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he didn't roofie you. That's weird. And the first time I have. Um, but hey, all of, you know, the kidding by side, um, um, seeing where Izzy is now and all of the things that he's done and been able to achieve and accomplish and the opportunities he's made the most of, and I'm being dead straight serious right now, um, uh, I am super proud and in admiration of what Izzy's been able to do with his life in the space of those seven years, because I remember doing your show your initial version of the show yeah. in a room that smelled of cat shit and piss. Right. You right, know, right. Right. And all of that. And, and he didn't even have a fucking logo. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, we're going to drink a bunch of shit and talk a bunch of shit and whatever. Yeah. And you know, me and Ace, our nostrils just filling with like this. It reminds me of a bunch of ex-girlfriends right now. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, so um, then, uh, but uh, but seriously, to be like a a good friend again for a moment, but only a moment. Um, to see all of the things he's doing right now fills me with a lot of pride because I always knew that he was capable of much more than people were giving him credit for. And it's never the people that are big men on campus that make the changes. It's always the people that are the freaks and the weirdos and the misfits and those people that weren't accepted by the status quo that break the status quo and come up with interesting shit. So, and the other thing also is stable, balanced people don't make good art. They don't have to. You know what I mean? If you're like a fucking piece of shit banker or whatever the fuck, assuming none of us are bankers in our day jobs, um, uh, you know, you don't have to find commonality with other people out there by painting or writing music or writing books or whatever the fuck it is that you're into. Uh, really, what we're doing is we're reaching out to, quote unquote, the public going, I'm not alone, right? That's what artists do. So, you know, if, uh, you know, there's no fucking way that John Lennon was stable. There's no way Brian Wilson is stable. Prince was not accepted as a teenager, nor were Izzy and myself. You know what I mean? We were the freaks and the weirdos that didn't fit in. But as a result, we were able to do some stuff that had value to people that didn't need to challenge the status quo the way that, and I'm assuming all four of us probably, and, you know, a vast majority of your listenership as well again if you're into kiss you were never part of like you weren't following you weren't listening to yes you were listening to kiss because it wasn't yes yep. you know what i mean yep. so uh, uh which is a common thread that i find with all of us that were into kiss and stuff and dude i fucking i mean i you know i'm old enough that like when kiss alive came out the first one i was like oh my god transported you know what i mean the vinyl and the gatefold and the pictures and all this stuff every single poster was all over my wall in my grade school uh uh the bedroom at the time you know what i mean um so uh and and the the kids that were into kiss at least initially based off of kiss alive we were never the cool groovy kids at all we were the weirdos and stuff and it was kind of like early christianity in that sense where it's like a bunch of lepers and people missing limbs and cannibals and you know what i mean <laughs> so uh but uh, anyway that's a very long-winded way of saying that uh i love Izzy. He's a friend and I'm extremely proud of everything that he's doing. He's in a couple rock and roll bands. He's booking shows, getting gigs on the podcast. Now he's going to ruin your fucking show. So oh, he's ruined <laughs> us. He's ruined us before. He's always our go-to guy. I mean, you know, Izzy, it must feel good to know there's at least one person on this planet who's proud of you. Yeah, there's one. How there's much one. did you pay him to say that, Izzy? I, that, that was not a that was not a three hundred dollar cameo. That was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, whoa, hold on! It's not. I take it back, then. <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, Alex, since we do have you here, and I know you have limited time, we should talk about the main reason that you had a chance to jump on with us because we are promoting something. Yeah, yes, way to go, are. Gene Simmons. Start selling right away. Take well, over my show because, and sell. Because, because, look, we only have Alex for a limited time, so let's get to this right now. Um, Wednesday, the 27th of, of, uh, of April, Ace Fraley's birthday. Um, it is the 35th right. anniversary of the Fraley's Comet record, and it is my Escaping LA party. So Ack is playing at the Viper Room. We have Nerd Halen with Hal Sparks. 
Um, we have a band called um, uh, uh, it's Killer Lords. They're a tribute to what uh, Lords of the New Church. I'm not oh, okay. Yeah, Chad and Chad from Faster, our drummer is in that. And then there's a band called Vicious Licks, and my other band, uh, Mike Dawson and the Smoking Kills, is opening up the show. Then we're doing an All Star Kiss Jam at the end of it, and that's my escaping LA party. And Alex is part of act so i'm an act he's an act and so, so is he playing ace fraley or tommy thayer an act we're uh, he, all playing ace fraley but yeah. we're doing different versions i'm doing the crack whore ghetto version of him <laughs> and then johnny martin um who are fortunate well fortunate or unfortunate depending on your opinion of him um uh, uh he'll be playing bass so he'll be doing the high rent um you know 78 version of ace um and you know our costumes will be according i'll have you know uh, uh crotchless leggings and stuff you know being the crack whore and everything um and uh, johnny will be wearing a chastity belt because he wears one anyway but this time it's got like lightning bolts on it so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but here's we will Go ahead. Here's the other thing. The other big thing is uh, we have Todd Hallworth joining us for a few songs that night. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, right. It's kick oh. ass. Yeah. yeah. And which is the one thing like I couldn't like I, I am definitely like, you know, I am definitely as busy as like, you know, a, a, a truck stop hooker for sure. And that's got nothing to do with Ace Frehley. So um, once uh, uh, Izzy was able to pull Todd into the gig, you know, the set changed and I'm like, oh, great. I get to learn more shit that I don't have time for. So that, that was the text thread today where I'm like, can we play the one that just sounds like it was ripped off a cheap trick? Cause I can fake that, right? I mean, I'm the, uh, wait, hang on. I'm the uh, Rick Nielsen guy here. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Over here, just said, because I'd feel guilty if not, um, this is Bernie Torme, whom you guys probably know as being the first replacement for Randy Rhodes after we lost Randy. Um, Bernie, uh, unfortunately, died a few years back from literally working himself to death. Um, uh, but he was uh, as big a hero to me as uh, uh, Rick Nielsen and Ace is. And I'll get Ace on here one of these Where, days. Where's your, where's your Izzy tattoo? Yeah. Oh my God, Michael, I was just going to say that. Uh, uh, right in the center of my butt. <laughs> appropriate. New, appropriate. Yeah, I, well, yeah, right? exactly. well, I wanted it somewhere else, but um, the tattooist knew who Izzy was, and he goes, "No, you're getting it right on your butthole." So, <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, Izzy didn't tattoo it on for you. Oh, no, but he was holding my cheeks open. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody's got to do it. It's the visual that's the most. I know. It's now. It's right here. It's right in right. The front, it's that <laughs> ruined you for life in less than 10 minutes. Mission uh-huh. accomplished. See you guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, god, Izzy, we love you, man. Oh, I love you guys too. Um, so, 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 what kind of songs are you gonna be playing at this show? Ace songs, let me guess. Ace, oh, <laughs> we are actually, um, um, because there's an all star kiss jam at the end of it, we're going heavy on the non makeup stuff for this show um yes obviously you know rip it out's in the set and shock in the set but uh unlike uh ace fraley himself we're going heavy on his solo material well it's because you guys can actually play it yeah well they could actually play it too no no his they band. they meaning his his backing band yes right oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear 
There, uh, I, I do have to say, first of all, I do have to say um, uh, uh, Ace Frehley in his prime is probably the most underrated lead guitar player ever. Um, the stuff that he does um, is so unique and is with the, 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 the rhythms that he plays in his solos. Um, uh, no one's ever really played like that before. Um, and there was like a bit of a pit there for a while where he didn't give a shit, but I kind of got to say on the last couple of times I've seen Ace play, he was, he was playing. He was, he wasn't just cash. Oh, his, his, his backing band, which we all, we all know all those guys are phenomenal. They the really best. kind of kicked life into Ace. Yep. Well, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it was no. It was no longer, uh, and 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 I know, like uh, Jeremy in particular, and I are 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 very very close for probably about fifteen years now. Um, uh, but I know Phil and Ryan and Matt and I played together a billion times from different things. We actually made an album just uh, this year, uh, Ace, ironically, but not in the same sense. We made a space rock album with Mike Watt from uh, the Minutemen, but it's totally like experimental, like let's see how illogical we can make this all the songs are literally 12 to 14 minutes long the whole album consists of four songs each with movements you know what i mean part one part two sing this x1 or whatever um but uh, and i've also complete oh no right and they are fucking motherfuckers that band is yep. outstanding and yep. i do think it allowed ace to enjoy the process rather than be like all right who's gonna fuck this song of mine up you know right um, right yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't have to be on stage worrying about his band members because they're and if anything they drag him up and yep. allow him to be because he didn't have to carry the show in kiss right Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so now he's got real strong dudes around him that he can kind of build his Ace Freely platform on. You know what I mean? And, they, and the vocals are just insane. I mean, they're brilliant players, but what they do vocally where it's like, Kiss never sounded yeah. vocally as good as Ace Freely's band does. Like they said, when they do Christine 16, it sounds exactly like the record you know yeah. um uh so anyway whatever there's uh uh there's that and i've got nothing but respect and love for those guys and ace is playing great and sobriety certainly hasn't made him a worse guitar player you nope. know so it's nice to see heroes that we grew up with kind of being like what the fuck am i doing i'm ace freely over here you know, uh, and so I do I do think that, uh, that his uh, current sort of resurgence is not only because, A, he's still alive, but also because uh, my Internet connection is unstable, um, is what it just told me, um, but uh, as opposed to my mind. But so anyway, yeah, he's playing great. And uh, 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 and I, for one, I'm glad to see it because uh, he is one of the most cherished guitar players certainly for my generation onward you know uh alex i guess i forgot to tell you that we're not supposed to say good things about ace Frehley on the show because exactly oh, I I, I'm, 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 I'm 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 supposed to hate him only, yeah i'm you know my, the listeners the <laughs> listeners of this show expect me to hate with a passion ace Frehley. so i yeah, but I, I play into their stupidity 
but that does oh look you're listening <laughs> not him i'm gonna let that i mean is he your plan is working he's destroying his own show <laughs> um is that the first I, time I, i've called our listeners dumb and stupid why 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 i is it well i mean obviously they have dubious taste in podcasts well you know it's it's the whole <laughs> it's the whole thing of you're a kiss fan come on let's let's be real here i mean if you can't laugh at yourself for being a kiss fan right you got a problem look uh, yeah but I, I mean i get that i get and, that and and, and and then you're a kiss fan who tunes in and listens to anywhere from two to four people every week talk about this band for two hours. And we've been doing this for 10 years now. Wow. <laughs> so, so we're the first ones to sit here and go, we got no life because we've talked about this band every week for 10 years. Yep. But I mean, you're but, listening to us. But I think everybody who's tuned in or, you know, on the show, I think we can all agree, though, Kiss changed everything. Oh, oh, they did. They changed my life personally. They changed music. We love them with a passion. But at the same time, you got to sit here and you cannot with any seriousness go, let's have a serious, deep discussion about four guys wearing high heels, makeup and spandex and do that every freaking week. I mean, honest to God, is there that much kiss to talk about every week um, for 10 years? Well, uh, let me, let me, put that's why we bring way. Izzy in sometimes. Cause we just hit the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about their shoe sizes now. That's exactly. Time, guys. Call Izzy. Um, I, the only thing that I would say to counter that would be that, okay. Um, like Shakespeare is taught in, in esteemed learning institutions. Right. Um, but Shakespeare was written for the common folk, um, not for the intelligentsia or the elite of that particular society. And we, we know for a fact that neither Gene nor Paul are stupid at all. They're extremely wildly intelligent people. Yep. Um, them always shitting on their own music baffles me because I'm a musician, uh, for better or for worse, and their music is brilliant sometimes in its simplicity sometimes in its complexity but there's always much more there like they're the only ones that shit on their music and that makes other people go whoa they can't really be that good if they're shitting on their own but if you listen to gene simmons fucking bass playing that's genius level shit he's the fucking like how he plays moves those songs more so than the chords or the melodies or even peter's playing when it was peter you know driving the band it was it was gene like paul mccartney who kind of was the glue to all of that music and he's the one who's most guilty of saying oh i really suck and then you see him playing with carol k from the wrecking crew and it's like well she doesn't think you're an idiot and she wrote the baseline for good vibrations and played on every fucking song from the 60s and the 70s and she seems to not mind spending time with you so i would say rock and roll 
I mean, the Ramones were not stupid people. You know what I mean? They were fucking, they, there was an inherent genius there, whether or not it was like Rain Man style genius or not, I don't know. But like they had complexity in their tunes. I've played Ramones songs with Billy Sheehan and, you know, other guys that I probably shouldn't name like I did Billy, but he fucked it up because he took for granted uh, how hard can it be? 20, 20, 20 more but there's always like one weird bar in there. The songs are a minute and a half long. If you miss that one weird bar, you're off by a beat for the last 30 seconds of a 90 minute song. So um, the fact, you know, like Rush would use big words and whatever, but I mean, rock and roll is meant to appeal to your heart, your soul and your genitals. Um, and it has nothing to do with your brain. You know what I mean? It can be clever. It can be written uh, 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 from a unique vantage point. You know what I mean? It can say and do things like cheap trick. I mean, my God, the way fucking Rick was writing tunes, the complexity in that, they go, oh, oh, mommy's all right. How hard can it be? And look what he's dressed like. Why don't you go try to figure out the bridge from Dream Police and call me back once you've pulled out every fucking shred of hair you've got? Yep. you know um so while they didn't talk about physics or philosophy in their songs they knew what young people needed at the time in the same way ramones were reflecting their own youth and what they wanted to express to young people and when you see kiss concerts now and i'm not a big now kiss fan i'm kind of like guys just take the money and leave the legacy alone. And Paul, you were one of the greatest singers in rock and roll of all time. You've proven that. Fuck it. Don't do it anymore. Let us remember that version of you rather than the lip sync version. I don't know. I don't know why if you got a quarter of a trillion dollars or a quarter of a billion dollars, you're going to go on tour and sing the tapes. I don't fucking get it or tracks rather. I don't get it. Um, but on the other hand, they were so important in the evolution of rock and roll because anything that happened after kiss was never the same. So while rock and roll all night and Christine 16 and shock me and all of it's kind of purient, not, you know, intellectually stimulating, I assure you the music is challenging. And it's well put together, well rehearsed. When they were tight, they were tighter than anybody. They brought a physicality and a kineticism to rock and roll that we'd only seen from uh, Pete Townsend. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? One dude in the band, but all of a sudden you got four Alice Coopers doing crazy shit. And if you look at the stuff from 77 and 78, there's still nobody really that was able to touch that bombast the mm -hmm. power of that image so while it was stupid tunes but not musically stupid tunes you know because they were based in the beatles um uh it was a stupid presentation because once you get tens of thousands of people into a room together and you know and also not to put too fine a point on it by um is is ace jewish as well as does anybody know is he is he jewish i don't think so i don't think he is i don't think this well the story of the costume walking around and then gene yeah. and paul taking umbrage to that now somewhere i'd heard that he was but the point being 
uh, uh, Gene and Paul definitely being Jewish, you know, you think of the, the Stormtrooper logo mm-hmm. in there. They were definitely in the same way that Black people have a right to say the N-word that white people, I believe, don't. Um, they were able to appropriate that imagery, right, to reclaim their strength that had been taken from them. Otherwise, why do they have the fucking lightning bolt S's in their name? You know what I mean? So there are psychological and cultural references in there that are far deeper than rock and roll all night. You know what I mean? His mom being in a concentration camp. So Mm -hmm. he's taking that back by, you know, the black and the silver and all of those different sort of things that, you know, are definitely sort of nods to Nazism, but in the way of like, fuck you, we're gonna, we're taking our power back, which is why I made the analogy with the N-word and black people. uh, uh, so there are different layers of intelligence there that are not necessarily on display, but their shows were uh, the Nuremberg rallies with a beat, and meaning once you get large numbers of people together, the IQ of the individual drops, and then you've got like a collective whole that has a certain limit, which again, um, we see that, uh, this is political, but I don't fucking give a shit, I am who I am. Um, So we have certain chants that resonate among certain parts of the population. Um, Three syllable chants, I will give you numerous examples. Hang Mike Pence, build that wall. Lock her up, USA, rock and roll, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a a psychological uh, 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 element of crowd psychology involved in all of the decisions that KISS made that I believe to a degree were based in what happened during the Holocaust because they were born at the end of that. Right. So it's a, 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 a big part, I believe, of the psychological makeup. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, given all of that, given that when they were marketing stuff in 77, um, all of the legitimate bands. Oh, all they do is market and advertise and marketing and rock and roll needs to be about whatever bullshit I decided it was about. But nowadays, 30, 40 years later, everyone is doing everything that Kiss got ridiculed for doing because they did it first as far as branding and marketing. Right. Nobody. They were selling T-shirts at gigs. Then you go to a KISS show and you can buy this, you can buy that, everything. They thought of all of that shit first. So in a way, KISS kind of has as much to do with Andy Warhol, who is a modern artist, as far as the commercialization, the artistic commercialization of pop culture, right? Which we see in our politics now. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Idiocracy. Has anyone yep. seen Idiocracy? Right? Like, oh, the only thing that's wrong about that movie is that it was described as happening 50 years from now. <laughs> right? Right. Other than that, I mean, we are right on point. But also, 
That movie, I believe as well, would have been informed by Warhol and Kiss in equal measures because they did call it. So I don't find that there's any lack of intellect or social significance to Kiss beyond. You know what I mean? That's one thing that that stimulates our teenage rock and roll hearts. But there's all these other factors at play that I think actually belie the depth that they are bringing to their lives through the stupidity of rock and roll. Right. But you get a bunch of people together. We're not there to read Proust. We're there to fucking yell shit, <laughs> you know. So anyway, on is, that note, I'm going to go walk my dog. Go. Is, is, <laughs> is, is he? I got to tell you, Izzy. Thanks to you bringing Alex on, I never thought we'd have such an intelligent episode with you on here. Is <laughs> there you go. And that's what you get for bringing Dr. Fuck on instead of me. <laughs> that's uh, well, Izzy and I are like yin and yang. So what, uh, what I lack in stupidity, he more than makes up. He more than makes up. Uh, I, I, seriously, I mean, that, that was one of the most intelligent kiss- kiss discussions that we've had on here yes i agree but i mean the, smart the, enough the, to be the, stupid they're the, smart who's the, enough who's to the, be the author we had on um he got he wrote fargo or not fargo oh. um the detroit rock oh fargo no. rock city fargo rock city um what, what's uh, his chuck name Cla chuck was his name chuck, chuck? chuck Klosterman. Klosterman. yes yes yeah. he he was one that came on and it was like we were sitting here like, wow, this is just way too smart. Don't fucking act like y'all. And, and, and Alex, I mean, I'm sitting here like, wow, this is just like, this is some deep shit. And we're talking kiss. But, well, but that's my point, though. But think about it. You know what I mean? Everything, everything that like Izzy knows, I know everything that we do as, you know, artists, if I can be that pretentious for a moment, is informed by what happened before us. I was never accepted as a, a kid or, you know, I was always the freak weirdo, right? I never fit in. I was never fucking jock guy. I had pretty good grades and whatever, but, you know, that was not a way to uh, a preteen acceptance was by getting, you know, being at the top of your class. If anything, it was like, okay, you're a fucking nerd. Right. Fuck you. Right. Um, so what we do is we then create these other ways of being accepted you know what i mean i always knew i loved rock and roll uh but i didn't like people per se so like stand and i get claustrophobic really easily so being on that side of the barricade it, it, it kind of freaked me out but once i got on stage i'm like oh, i get to be whoever the fuck i want so i know if it works for me and for izzy and for johnny and for ace and all of our friends and whatever for sure that's what's going on with gene and paul and ace and peter initially they're 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 up there selling t-shirts and breathing fire and all that stuff but they're definitely dancing demons into the dirt for sure you know what i mean stable balanced people don't need to do this <laughs> they don't need to do this it's the iggy pops it's the freaks it's the outcast going back to the thing that i was saying about izzy originally the status quo doesn't want to change. It's the fucking, the people that don't fit in that change the status quo. You think Prince was like, oh, here's a four foot seven high school senior. No, you know, play on the basketball team, little guy. 
he was looking, you know, oh, you're half white, half black. Oh, you're totally going to be accepted here at this school. You know, none of that stuff. But these are the people that end up changing the world in the way that we see it. You know what I mean? And yep. that's what Kiss did. That's what Kiss did. The fact that they were smart enough to go, we need four Alice Coopers and we're not pretty enough to be Johnny Thunders. New York Dolls, they weren't stupid people. David Johansson's extremely intelligent, right? Um, uh, uh, but they sang about pussy and drugs. Because that's what it was to be 21 in New York City in the early 70s on heroin, getting your dick sucked by everything that moved, owning that city, you know, young gods on the loose on drugs. And, you know, and, and that debauchery, it was sort of like a, 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 a mega version of what we heard about the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? And they were like, we're going to take this to its logical conclusion. And then Motley Crue took that blueprint and ran it to its logical conclusion. You know, uh, why nobody's dead in that band is a mystery for sure. Um, where you've got all the New York dolls are dead by our uh, Johansson. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I never think that rock and roll, I think we have the privilege of speaking to people in a, in, in, in a language that um, we can all relate to that teenage rock and roll part of our hearts. We can all relate to, I want to rock and roll. And it's not that, it's innocence. We're looking again for innocence at this point in our lives. And that's, you know, kids rock and roll all night and party every day. And you know what I'm saying? It reminds us of a purer, cleaner time now that it's become nostalgia. That doesn't mean it's not important. And the other thing, and, I, and again, because the politics, I just got back from Italy and touring there, and the politics in this country are so fucked up, it takes getting outside of the country to realize what we've come to not only accept, but expect. And it's not like that in the rest of the world. That particular malaise is uh, ground zero in the United States, at least based on what I just experienced in Europe. Um, uh, but but I, I don't think there's anybody and like me and Izzy we're not on the same side politically but we love the same rock and roll and we're good friends and politics is a construct of man it is not sublime so while we don't see the world from the same perspective we want the same end game so so many of my friends my dearest friends don't share my politics and part of the reason is I know no matter who they would vote or what they think about what I think about how the world should be I know we have been in a room together listening to and been like oh my god well that's what binds us and that's art now does acdc talk about philosophy no but it brings us together and allows us to forget what separates us so from that sense i never think rock and roll is stupid i just think we make we play stupid all of us so we have a common platform that we can all relate to. You know what I mean? Oh, God, I get chills just thinking about fucking seeing that. And I know that people that don't vote the same way that I do have gone through that same experience. So in fact, they are my brother and it is the construct of man that would try to separate us, but it is the construct of the weirdo rock and roll that brings us back together so that's the construct why I never... of the weirdo it is brilliant that's a book right there <laughs> <laughs> well i'm copywriting everything i'm saying so don't right, even think right, about right. it well, like that's a book and that's also the uh, the title of this episode 
Exactly. The construct of the weirdo. Boy, that'll get people thinking. They'll be like, I don't know what if I should hit play or not. Yeah, I'm afraid of this now. Well, because we've all become desensitized to, uh, oh, the economy is crashing. So I think we have to try a new way to get our branding and uh, message out there. But so anyway, that's just my two cents as to why um, I infinitely value rock and roll and what it does for us as people and individuals as a unit and separately, you know. Um, So while Kiss may write about stupid shit, there's a lot going on there that we're not necessarily acknowledging. So, but, you know, I will have tendency to over intellectualize everything so um including kiss so i could be as wrong as a pan man's been about anything ever you know and i'll openly admit that but anyway i i i I, I truly am left speechless i've got izzy on one end of this show and i've got alex on the other end (laughs) it's like (laughs) well i'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to jump off, and uh, I gotta. I, you, 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 you go, Alex. This was this was uh, a, an incredible surprise. But what I will say now is that for the remainder of the show, like for whatever uh, pseudo intellectualism I brought to the proceedings here, Izzy will now grunt for ninety minutes. Yes. Straight. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Izzy will just pull out the toilet paper and wipe it all away. Yep, absolutely. That's what I'm best at. What can I say, <laughs> at Alex? Thank being you a so friend much. is what you're best at, Izzy. What you're best at is being a good friend. And I love this guy so very much and our little cadre of freaks, misfits, and weirdos that kind of pulled together who are filtering into the world and making our own little changes. I love this man and I respect the living shit out of him. And that's a fact. And you can watch us along with Chad Stewart, Faster Pussycat, Johnny Martin from LA Guns, and Patrick Kennison from Lita Ford. Uh, Wednesday the 27th, Viper Room. Joined by Todd Haworth as from, um, from the really fucking Fraley hey, Comet. Yeah. Am I able to plug a show? Of as course. Well that I'm doing? Okay. Plug, plug uh, away. Um, I've, uh, uh, I've been, uh, uh, very fortunate in that, um, I've been working with a band called Shark Island for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we made a record called Bloodline. Um, the guy, Richard Black, who's the singer in the band is the guy that Axl Rose stole all of his shit from, right? Um, sort of legendarily so. Like if you were in LA at the time, Axl used to go to every single show and he would just steal shit from Richard. That's how great Richard was. Difference being, um, Axel was surrounded by cartoon superheroes. Richard was surrounded by good players. Nobody cares about good players. You know, they want cartoon superheroes, as we see with Kiss, for example. Anyway, we made an album. Uh, Lo and behold, two of the songs became Billboard Top 20 Hits. Um, I produced it and co-wrote it with Richard. Um, uh, it, it's done very, very well. Um, we're, uh, I can't go into too many details, but we've just recently, uh, become part of a TV show that's doing a thing on what's going on with the band. Um, and we're debuting the new lineup, playing songs from the new record at the whiskey on April 22nd. Um, uh, we've got guests coming down and stuff like that. I don't want to ruin any of the surprises, but it's going to be a really great show. Um, and if you want to see, uh, I mean, I had a moderate amount of influence on a certain sector of the rock and roll world. Um, but if you want to see the guy that actually created the eighties, uh, uh, and in the sense that, uh, everything that Axl Rose 
does was done by Richard Black first. If you want to see ground zero for the man that inspired Guns N' Roses, um, please come down and see us April 22nd at the Whiskey. It's going to be a great show. There's a bunch of cool bands that are opening. Um, uh, and the lineup is killer. And uh, 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 the fact that now I get to have some radio hits at this point in my life, and I get to play with a guy that literally via the success of Axl Rose had a huge like Motley Crue would go see Richard Black he was the king of Hollywood so anybody that's my age that grew up in LA has been influenced directly by Richard Black in the same way that he was influenced by Van Halen so uh April 22nd if you're in LA please come down we'd love to see you there and it's going to be a great show and there's going to be a lot of cool surprises and if we're lucky I'm actually going to commit suicide on stage being the first one to do that so that'll be worth your 20 bucks <laughs> You can't do that on the 22nd because then that'll screw Izzy's show on yeah, the 27th. Yeah. That's right. Well, he can get somebody to replace me, but like the kudos and the sympathy both that play, I'm just trying to sell out the Viper Room for Izzy uh. if it means I gotta kill myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if Dave Grohl did a show at the Viper Room right now, I promise you it would be packed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too soon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you Alex, very much. thank you so much, man. Be good. Everybody Thanks, stay Alex. safe out there and uh, uh, believe in rock and roll. It's it's more than bullshit. It's something really important. And I think we do know that in our hearts. Yep. Izzy, I love you. I'll see you at rehearsal. All right. All right. Look forward to it, buddy. All right. Take care, right. Alex. Take care. Bye, Alex. Thanks. Bye. Bye. How do I get out of here now? Oh, here. <laughs> Am I still here? Just, oh, there, there he's gone. <laughs> Izzy, I, I I don't know what to say. What did you just bring onto the show I, here? Um, I brought ah! a whirlwind, and um, I, I'm going to have to listen to that and watch that back and pull out a etch a sketch, and yeah, that I I don't know. That was kind of a a Tony Robbins motivational yeah. speech with his history verse. Again, not anything like what i would have expected izzy presley to bring to no, this show i was completely shocked i mean complete i mean i i'm i'm sitting here i will admit a, the littlest bit i'm going well maybe izzy does know something <laughs> <laughs> she laughs off camera <laughs> uh, maybe izzy is good at something here um oh since tommy's not here uh do you want me to do listener comments Sure. Hey, this is your show today. Like I said up front. All right. All right. This, this, this is. This, gonna, what's he gonna do? Um, Tommy's not here. Uh, Izzy's gonna do listener comments. Oh this wow! Is, Someone's is, gonna do listener comments. Oh, wow. This is from the uh, the episode of uh, Does Kiss Really Care About Their Fans? Um, all right. So it goes. Okay, you guys have really crossed the line on this episode. Your contracts are now null and void. You guys are no longer on the KISS payroll. You have been fired. G. Simmons. I saw that. I was, I was a little worried when I saw that comment come in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we right. haven't received any termination paperwork. Oh, yet. wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but I actually, so when was the last time that you guys actually did listener comments? Uh, I, know, I think it's only whenever Tommy's on the show because he only cares about it's only when Tommy's on the show and the comments are about a show that he was on. Oh, got you. Got so you, 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 got you get what Tommy cares about himself. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I get that. You know, narcissism is a beautiful thing. Yep. 
Um, let's see. Uh, this is from the Larry Mazur episode. Uh, oh, you guys talked about Blacktop Mojo on that episode, huh? That's- yeah, well, that, that, that's the newest episode. It just dropped today as we're recording it. We had, we had Larry Mazur on, I don't know, about a month ago. And we said, you can come back and not just talk about Kiss this time. So he talked about a little bit about Kiss, but all the bands he's worked with, Blacktop Mojo is, is one of the bands he manages. Um, I, I can just tell you, I mean, yeah, I've seen the comments. I'm, you can read them, but people are loving Larry Mazur. I mean, the guy is just honest and transparent about talking about bands and music. Yeah. 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 I actually haven't listened to the episode yet, but I will. Um, Uh, You know, I, I found for, for our kiss fans, a couple things of kiss minutia that he revealed. Um, And, and it wasn't set up this way. I, you know, Larry got involved with kiss during the hot in the shade tour. Yes. The album had already been recorded, so he had no involvement with the album, but then he was involved with the Revenge album, the Revenge tour. And then after that, they parted ways. Um, and I had asked him, I said, well, you know, I knew somebody who was doing radio promotion during the Hot in the Shade tour at Mercury. And they basically said, you know, Kiss is one of these bands where, you know, the Hot in the Shade tour, they were selling out on that tour. It was it was a good show. It was a good tour, good draw. And the example this this radio guy gave me was they sold out in Chicago. I don't know, 15, 18,000 people. And they only sold 800 copies of the album after that. They're just like, that's just not what should happen. Back in the day, you toured to promote album and drive album sales. And I said, Larry, was there ever any point in time where Kiss was looked at looked down upon by the label and then did kiss have any thoughts about well you know mercury's not it was mercury polygram at that time before universal you know they're not really doing anything do we look somewhere else and larry actually revealed that at that point in time they were talking to a&m records now a&m was under the same label umbrella Mercury Polygram had all these labels they were bringing in. So it was sort of just moving from one imprint to another imprint, staying under the same business umbrella. But AM Records was interested in talking. The president of AM was interested in talking to Kiss about coming over to AM Records at that point in time. So it was like, well, I've never heard that little bit of minutiae before. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd also revealed that, you know, there was that notorious hot in the shade show in toronto where kiss opened for white snake we 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 it looks like izzy isn't part of the we had no. never heard about this i've right? never heard about this so either. so there there they they played um toronto's outdoor stadium at that point in time it was white snake and kiss and faster pussycat and one or two other bands um but white snake was the headliner and up front, I was like, well, did Kiss ever have any concerns about opening for Whitesnake? He's like, nope, not at all. It was a great paying gig. It paid very well. But Whitesnake said Kiss can't use any of their pyro. No pyro, nothing. Won't allow it to happen. Well, I suppose if you're not the headliner, I understand that. So, so 
Paul Stanley during the Kiss show proceeded to like any band sort of does in those situations. Oh yeah, David Coverdale, he's not letting us use any pyro and blah, blah, you know, talking down about Coverdale. And Larry said, you know, that was the day he lost his friendship with David Coverdale. He had been friends with David wow. Coverdale for a long time. And he goes, David Coverdale's never spoken to me since. Damn. Since that happened. Damn. See, I expected the story to be then Paul just went up to the microphone and went, it's it's you know i i sit here and it's like you know come on david i mean what do you expect's gonna happen i mean you've got somebody like paul stanley on stage you think he's gonna go up there and and be quiet about this of course he's gonna go out and explain to the fans why we can't have any pyro tonight you're gonna take the blame coverdale you know that's gonna happen so why are you getting all pissy about it well, look, here's the thing on the other side of it, though, too, is like, Paul, you're a pro. You've been at this a long time. Be a pro. Well, sure. But it, but, but it's a rock and roll show. It's a rock and roll show. And you've got a sold out stadium and fans are expecting a Kiss concert that's going to blow the roof off of the place. And when it doesn't happen, you, I, I at least sit here and go, you can't just walk away and not say anything about it pretend it never happened sure you get up there and it's like oh yeah they don't give us the i mean i've seen we've seen this at shows before oh so and so's not letting us use all the lights or we can't play as loud as we want or you know they wouldn't let us have the drum riser you name it i mean we've heard all that stuff before in shows and at least for me as a fan that's just that's just rock and roll ribbing going on that's one band ribbing another band giving them a, a hard time but they, every band does it. Yeah. Every band well, I mean, does stuff look, like that. It, look, it's common knowledge that if you're not the headliner, you're not getting the full production. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's yeah. the bottom line. I mean, did, did Kiss get to use Pyro at the Monsters of Rock in fucking, um, in what, 89? No. No. Probably not. But what's the difference? Shut your mouth and be a pro. Well, it's again, it's just to me, it's all rock and roll. I mean, I guess I could sit here and say, sure, Paul Stanley, be a pro, but Coverdale, come on. Is that worth losing a lifetime yeah. friendship over? Because yeah. you knew you knew damn well he was saying that to get the crowd cheering oh. and stomping and supporting right. Kiss. And then, you know, I, I'm sure Coverdale probably came out and said something about Kiss from stage to get the crowd back in his face. That's what happens in rock and roll in heavy metal. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, Axl Rose punching Brett Michaels and you know, Nikki Six going after Pearl Jam. It's like, come on, please. This has been going on forever. Nobody, nobody takes it seriously, except apparently the bands. I don't know uh, some of the band members. Um, so Izzy, you know, one of the requirements of you coming on is. We had no guests. We had no topic. So this is totally on you. You've got to, you've got to make this show now. What are we going right. to do? So I mean, uh, we, we could talk about how underrated Gene was in the '80s. Um, we can talk about how amazing the Asylum record is, and it's the best thing they put out post Dynasty. Um, we can talk about how overrated Creatures of the Night is. Um, we can talk about how if you like the elder, you're lying to yourself and stop it. 
Um, but there, there's lots of. I, 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 I want, I want the topic that's going to piss off the listeners the most. I don't know. He made a whole list that was kind of. That was all a bunch of piss off. Yeah, that was. Yeah. But we can't. We can't. We can't do. We can't do all of them. We don't have enough time because you know we 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 had the 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 altar of Alex for forty (laughs) five minutes in front of us. Altar of Alex. Awesome. And I'm saying that in a good, good way, Alex. Um, I would say, let let let's talk about asylum because that that that's that's non makeup kiss, that's '80s kiss, that's Ooh. the costumes of the asylum era. There's so much there that will potentially piss people off. Um, yeah, well, there there there's the fact of it's fact you can prove this with an etch sketch and a home computer that it is the best album that they put out post you know post like original fact. Opening up. fact fact now now here, part of me and i i don't know where you you stand on this lisa but izzy and i have chatted about this before i'm in full agreement that kiss asylum i won't say it's the best album they've released post dynasty but yeah, I, I will say that. it is probably the most underrated Kiss album, definitely of the 80s and maybe of their entire career, because that album is solely judged by the vast majority of Kiss fans on two things, the cover artwork and the costumes they wore on stage on that tour. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree. If, if you take those two things away, listen to the album and the music and i will i've i've said this before when i got that album i was down in i think i was down in at mankato state and i remember listening to it for the first time and thinking to myself and remember this is coming after animal eyes and look it up and creatures and unmasked and everything else going wow this actually sounds like 70s kiss for the first time it's got remnants of 70s feel to it it's not again don't look at the cover don't look at anything it's not glitter it wasn't glam this has got some heavy stuff to it not heavy in the creature sense which to in you know we can have that as a future topic but you know creatures was extreme heavy for kiss not in a bad way at the time it was good and refreshing but asylum really i was like i was surprised because you got to keep in mind we were going through the you know we came out of creatures makeup came off Vinny was in there Vinny left animalized came mark st john was there mark st john left bruce kulik came in there was so much change happening in the Mm -hmm. kiss world you didn't freaking know what you were going to get because let's be honest, Animal Eyes painted a whole different sound for Kiss. It was a whole different feel. Right. And right. I felt like Asylum was somewhat going back to, I don't know, a 70s bluesy influenced hard rock, heavy Kiss sound. And, and yeah, it's, listen to that music on Asylum. Don't, don't look at the costumes and don't look at the cover. That's an incredible okay. album. As a guitar player, and I think you got to give Bruce a lot of credit for that record because there was always that talk. Well, we want to get Eddie Van Halen in the band. We want a guitar player like Eddie Van Halen. We want a shredder. We want a shredder. 
Well, they got they had a shredder, and his name was Vinnie Vincent. He shredded too much. They had a shredder. His name is Mark St. John. He shredded too much. He overplayed. Bruce. Now, if you if you use that Ada Van Halen mentality, and I'm not obviously I'm not come calling Bruce Eddie Van Halen, but that is the record where if Kiss had Eddie Van Halen as their guitar player, that's what it would have sounded like. Listen to I'm Alive. You tell me that's not fucking Eddie. Dude, that's Eddie. That's Bruce doing Eddie. That is what they wanted all along. That record is what they wanted all along. I I, I agree. I agree. I, you know, I won't say it's the best album they've recorded since Dynasty because, you know, Crazy Nights blows away Asylum. (laughs) (laughs) But Asylum should get a lot more love from the Kiss Army. A lot more love. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what are your thoughts? You've been. Off I agree. Planet. I agree, hundred percent. And I also, I do think it's a very underrated album. But I think at the same time too, it was like, you know, I think it was dismissed a lot because there was a new guitar player in the band and this whole and the costumes. I think it wasn't just the the album art and the costumes. I think it was. I think it was the addition of Bruce in there, and I think it was like a revolving door, you know. So. I almost think it was like, here, here comes another one, you know? Yeah, no, that that's that's part of the problem why yeah. it was dismissed. It's like, oh, my God, it's it's the third guitarist in three albums, right. you know, and, you know, they they took their there's no makeup anymore. But look at now they're looking a little I don't know how you would describe before the tour started the just the photos coming from the asylum studio and just the promo photos. It wasn't heavy metal looking anymore. No. It wasn't glam looking anymore. It was kind of like just a bunch of guys dressed nicely looking. And there was no real there was there was no real definition to it. And the cover didn't help. I have got no problem with the cover, but I know a lot of KISS fans who are like, that yeah. cover is just right. it's a terrible cover. I'm like, oh, it's not a terrible cover. Could it have been better? Sure, but it's not. It's not terrible, um, but I think once that tour started and then we saw the stage close, then it was just like, oh, my God, Asylum is just <laughs> just crap. These guys lost it. It's the Golden Girls. It's, you know, how much hey, hey, glitter. Hey, hey, hey. Don't hey, hey, hey. With the girls, okay? <laughs> me I mean, that, 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 that's when the album was completely yeah. gone. Once that, that stage closed. The, the tour started i mean yeah, i think I, if they came if they came out more in street clothes and less in glitter i i think that uh, people accuse kiss of you know yeah they were revolutionary in the 70s and they became followers in the 80s yeah i agree with that to a point but they became followers but then took it to another extreme especially on asylum they they took that that eight that that la strip look and then they put it on steroids. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, and and as as Mark is so fond of saying, timeline is everything. If you right. weren't a rock fan during the '80s, early mid late '80s, you can't understand that was completely acceptable back then. Yeah. I mean, sure, it was. Sure, it was a lot. A lot of people were like, you know eyes popping out and you know scratching your head at that look but that was 
acceptable. That's what was going on. I mean, you know, Ozzy was doing the same thing at the same time. I mean, that's when Ozzy was running around barefoot and, you know, robe length glitter gowns and he had oh, glitter yeah. hanging and off red, of his mic and his red, his red sequenced cape. Didn't he have like a red sequence? Yeah. Cape? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what was happening in that short period of time. People were taking glam to the glam extreme. So at that moment, it wasn't, to me at least, as a big fan of glam, it wasn't shocking because I loved glam. I loved glam coming out of the 70s. Uh You know, more, give me more glam. Glam rock is great. Glam rock is very underrated. You know, Sweet, T-Rex, Slade, you know, anything that you might want to construe as being glam never got their just dues, in my opinion. Do you think that if they wouldn't, like you said, well, imagine if they would have came out more like more of a street look, I don't think it would have had the same impact that it actually did though, because at the time that street look was not in because that was pre pre Guns N' Roses. Exactly. You're, you're right. I mean, um, animalized was definitely not street look. That was Mad Max and lick it up. You might say, was more of a, a rock and roll street look. It wasn't blue jeans, but it was, I always describe it as, hey, any of us could go to your town's local rock star shop. And what they were wearing on Lick It Up is what any of us could have bought off the rack at the local rock star shop. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, but again, Kiss has never been about going out on stage clothes, in, mm-hmm. in street clothes. Kiss has always been about putting on a look a mm-hmm. new look every album and you know when they were in makeup it was always new costumes and everything else well even during the 80s it was like what's the new look gonna be for the new kiss album and the new kiss tour and and there was a distinct look for everything during the 80s yep yeah crazy nights you had the body glove yeah, oh, yeah. Cra- crazy nights was was probably no hot in the shade was probably the closest you might get to regular street clothes might but they were still leather pants that had studs and conch shells there was less, there was less sequence there was less, less sequence yeah. you know there was vests and shirts and stuff like that um crazy nights was more of what you might call activewear yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the activewear era of kiss <laughs> body glove it just was funny i had this mental picture of like yeah it's weird okay i mean yeah you know if 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 yoga pants were a thing that's, <laughs> that's what, what they would have been wearing. wearing during crazy nights hey but you, you know, know what? The Paul, remember you know the back cover of crazy nights yeah paul has like shows his thong yep yeah <laughs> we know what lisa like just wanted uh, to throw but, that out there just but, but I mean, yeah i mean so there was a distinct look i think they they kind of to some extent were toning it down as the 80s went along but i think that's also because they were finding out who they were with no makeup on yeah you think it would have taken them that long though well let's because there was a, there's a lot of factors involved. Because let's remember, Gene 
Gene checked out during the 80s. Yeah. You know, basically from Animalize up to Revenge, Gene had checked out of the band. So it was Paul running the show. Right. Paul, somehow, every album, every tour, Paul looked good. He had his stage closed down. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like that's all he cared about was, I going to look good, Bruce, let's just put a little something on you. No matter what they put on Bruce, it's still always, no offense, Bruce, but it always looked awkward. <laughs> you know, it just, it, it, it didn't look natural for Bruce. Right. Well, he and, wasn't, remember he even said when he first started, he didn't really move around much. He no, he stood in one very, spot. He didn't really have a very natural look on stage as it was. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. He, he, he hadn't, you know, Bruce hadn't been in the band long enough to develop his own personality with gene didn't freaking care in my opinion so whatever the whatever paul and the stylist said gene did it you know that 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 was it so it it worked because it worked for paul paul was comfortable i mean let's be honest paul without makeup for the most part is paul with makeup Mm -hmm. and and especially coming out of creatures i mean you look at paul on the creatures tour other than than platform boots, that's he was pretty much wearing what any rock star might wear. On, on the creatures tour, didn't he yeah. have on his little half shirt? He had a half shirt, a regular yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. He had on just black spandex, a big rock and roll belt. Mm-hmm. You know, none of that would have been out of character for any other band at the time. So taking the makeup off was just natural mm-hmm. for Paul. He just was still paul stanley the rock star so to me that that's a big thing that played into that whole 80s is well it was kind of paul's for lack of a better term it was kiss featuring paul stanley during the 80s i can't argue with that i I mean you're right you know but i think that especially about the 80s yes gene may have checked out and Paul would have, you know, was running the show. But if you are sitting here praising the elder, oh, these songs are just amazing and shitting on Gene songs in the 80s, you are lying to yourself. Shut up. You're wrong. You're I love wrong. how Izzy wants to bring us back to the elder so we yeah. can. No, 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 I like no. The no. Elder. Izzy, I like the elder. Okay, stop lying to yourself. Right, I, I, you know, I mean, Izzy, the, I will say, I think Gene's songs. How do I, he was fine on, first of all, Hot in the Shade to me is just a throwaway album completely. Um, Gene had some really good songwriting, I felt, on Crazy Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty good on Asylum. I think Animalize was his lowest point. I think Animalize I is where Gene so. just. I don't think so. I, I think Gene has good songs on Animalize. You want to put my log in your fireplace really easy? that is that is the greatest line in the history of music well I, I i agree with that but that's he he can do much better than that that's the whole point i, I, I think i think he wasn't i think he wasn't putting his attention and effort into the best he could write I think he was in that time and frame because right. he was too busy being a movie star and everything else he wanted to be and it was like oh paul you need Paul needs four Gene Simmons songs. Shit, I got an audition tomorrow. Let me stay up tonight and I'll I'll just shit out four songs, send them over to Paul, and I'm done. I've done my work. 
I mean, that's what it felt like to me. I, I just think I just think that the the stuff that he did in the 80s isn't as bad as everybody claims it to be. I think it gets overlooked. And I think when you go back and actually listen to that stuff, it's like, God damn, some of this. I mean, come on. Yes, burn bitch burn. It's campy, it's tongue in cheek. It fucking rocks. It's a hell of a lot better than you make me rock hard. I can tell you that much. And that's a good, a good call. Right. I, you know, I mean, I think to some extent, burn bitch burn is is what everybody thinks of Gene's songwriting. They again, they don't pay attention yeah. to everything else he's done. And I, you know, I again, I sit here and I remember when Crazy Nights came out, and I'm like, wow it feels like Gene Simmons is actually back with the band on crazy nights. The songwriting was better for him. The vocals were much better for Gene on crazy nights. Um, it just, I, I remember going, okay, he's back. And again, I'm not going to say anything about hot in the shade because that just sucked for everybody in the band. Um, Asylum, as we just talked about, extremely underrated. I think, I think it's animalized to some extent is the one pin and maybe the one song burn bitch burn that painted everything because lick it up was great songwriting now to some extent that's because they love them or hate them vinnie vincent is an incredible songwriter mm -hmm. so that brought a lot to the songwriting table but i also don't think gene had checked out of the band at that point in time he was still focused yeah yeah i i don't know man i just i just to me to me, I think uh, going back to Asylum, the the songs Gene and Paul, I mean, going all the way through it, I, I just think as an album, it's better than, than everything else in that era. Personally, I mean, it's I, it's it's I know it's, I'm right. It's better. I know I'm right. <laughs> it's it's definitely better than Animalize. It's definitely better than Hot in the Shade. And if we want to con, I, I I won't consider Revenge from that era just because that is 90s and that's a whole different discussion yeah of, I mean, I of, of that album in that era i i think, I, I, think as well. I mean the two albums i listened to out of the 80s more than anything are crazy nights and asylum i just tend to like the crazy nights songs better by a hair over asylum but i definitely listen to asylum a lot more than lick it up a lot more and that's not saying Lick It Up's a bad album. No, 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 not at all. But but those are the two albums where I I just think those two albums, that back-to-back -back Asylum Crazy Nights, I was like, fuck, this is some they're 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 kicking some butt here. You know what? Asylum did not have a like a hit like Crazy Nights did. Tears are falling? Crazy I, I hate that song. Really? Oh, come on, that was a huge hit. Oh, I fucking hate that song. Well, really? you, you, but but Lisa, Ugh. even if you think you not if you think even if you hate it, you got to admit no, it was a hit. Fantastic. It was a big. It was a big hit for. Absolutely. For, I mean, following. Listen, Heaven's on Fire brought Kiss back. Yeah. That that song was was a big radio hit for them, and then to follow it with Tears Are Falling. Yeah, you're right. Tears Are Falling was all over MTV, all over radio. I mean, they still pull that one out if yeah, they're going to they play still, something from play, the 80s. They play, it in, they, play it, they play it now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they took, that's a good point. They took Crazy Nights out and 
So, so I mean, Asylum definitely had a hit. And they got, and they, and look, it, it like Animalize, you had, you had the one single that did anything. On Asylum, Who Wants to Be Lonely got some airplay too. It, it did, it did, yes, it didn't do as good, but right. they, it, it, it did better than what was the second single off of Animalize, Thrills in the Night? See, it, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if there. I think there was only. You sure there was more than one single for that? Record? Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, yeah. Thrills in the Night. Because I have a. I have a forty-five, and I think Thrills in the Night was on the other side. Was on yeah. the side too. I. I. There. There was a second single, but as to to what we're talking here, it obviously went nowhere because we can't sit here and clearly right. name it. But Asylum started with Tears Are Falling. Who wants to be lonely? They even tried uh, all night. Right. Yes. Oh, As a third video. single, that, that didn't that didn't go anywhere. But I love that song. Yeah, that that is a, that is a campy, cheesy Paul song that's actually good. It's a campy, cheesy, typical Kiss song. Yeah, I mean that's what to me that's what Kiss is known for, and that that's why when when I get into those Carnival of Souls discussions, I'm like, come on. I, you can tell me how great Carnival Song Souls songwriting is, but that's not what Kiss is. Kiss is not a band about right. that kind of music and that kind of singing. Kiss is a band about uh all night. Right, right. Well, that's, look, look, and that's, that, and that's why I would say that's why I would say, and and Bruce, I'm sorry, but I I just can't consider Carnival a Kiss record. I'm, I agree. It's just yeah, I agree too. it's just I mean it. I, it's just it's like peter's solo record you can't if you don't if you listen to that as a kiss record it's terrible if you listen to that as an album it's fucking amazing that's that that's a very good point izzy you're right because when you you, if you have to separate it you're right you're 100 right yeah i mean I, look it, and when it hit me about peter's solo record is i was listening because i listen to casey Kasem all the time on on iheart they have a one channel all they play is casey Kasem's. And um, and then on, um, on on Sirius on seventies on seven every Sunday night they do a seventies right version that, of it from that week in right yeah and and I heard one it was like oh this it was September of nineteen seventy eight and every song in the top twenty sounded like it could have been on Peter Chris's solo record I'm like I get it I get I now I understand this was a pop rock record. And it was, and when you listen to it like that, you take that Kiss logo off of it. Shit, this is amazing. This is great. Well, I, you know, you're you're 100 right. I mean, Car I say that about Carnival Souls. You know, it's it's a great album that shouldn't have a Kiss logo on it. But mm -hmm. it, you know, it could be the Bruce Kulick solo album, and it's fabulous for that. With mm -hmm. it's Bruce Kulick's solo album featuring members of Kiss. Yep. Yeah. But the problem is, let's go all the way back to the Peter Chris solo album. When that came out in 78, I'm 14 years old. I can't sit there and listen to that and go, oh, let me step outside of the kiss world here and listen I, to it as something right. else. I'm, I'm a 14 year old kid who's like, holy shit, there's four kiss records coming out the same day. It's got the kiss logo. It's got the makeup on it. What this and, and listen, jeans is the same album is the same way for me. It's like, what the hell is this? Oh, I like jeans. As a 14-year-old, I was like, 
okay, I can get to, radioactive was cool, but the rest of the album, I'm like, this isn't Dr. Love. Yeah, it starts off with radioactive, and you're like, ooh. And then this is like, going to be cool. And then I'm like, <laughs> like, ooh. What is this? And then, you know, and, and Pete and Peter's album, I'm just like, because again, it's, it's where you are in your life. I wasn't listening to Peter's style of solo music on my own outside of Kiss. Right. That had no place in my music library. I was like, what the, literally, what the fuck is this? This is not a Kiss album. Now, in 2022, I can sit back and go, yeah, I, okay, I get it. I get he was he was being himself. That's what he was influenced by. That he was what he grew up. I totally respect that. Um, but maybe it shouldn't have had a Kiss logo on it. Maybe it should have had a warning sticker on it saying this is this, this is, is this, this is not rock and roll over when you drop the needle on it. But they should have done the same to Gene. Carnival Souls is the same way. You can't. You can look back at it and go, okay, let's let's take it for what it is without the KISS logo and, you know, pretend that the KISS band members aren't on it. Um, boy, that's a great Alice in Chains record. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Had the album not been leaked, how long do you think it would have taken for that album to come out? Well, I think it would have still come out the way they released it. The, the you know the the label was gonna dump it out there it at some point right yeah the, yeah they they spent the money on it they invested all this into it uh let's let's dump it out while we can around this reunion because god knows it wouldn't do anything on its own maybe with the reunion we'll sell a few more thousand copies because somebody thinks they're getting a kiss record and then they get pissed and they go back to sound warehouse and try and return it for being shit. <laughs> I remember I had a bootleg of that on cassette and then I bought it like some record show. Like, yeah. I mean, every kiss fan probably had the bootleg on it. Right, yeah, right, like, right. Way before it ever came out. Cause I mean, that was at the advent of the internet too. So people were finally starting to trade stuff. Um, and, and that's how we all, we all acquired it. So I, I don't think Carnival Souls could have ever done good at any point in time. Yeah, yep, I agree. I mean, even if that was released, like right at the early stages in the explosion of the grunge era, grunge fans would have never listened to it. They're like, "Are you fucking kidding me? It's Kiss. I'm not listening to Kiss." And Kiss fans would be like. Are you fucking kidding me? This isn't Kiss. Yeah, yeah. And, and dude, that and that's why I say if that had been the natural progression, and the reunion had not happened, that would have been the final nail in the coffin that would have forced the reunion. Yeah, I mean, you're you're if they if they had said we just are never going to do a reunion, and Carnival Souls came out, Kiss would have been relegated to playing clubs and theaters from that point on. They would have never. They would have never been playing arenas and sheds and world tours. They would have played 500 to 2,500 people based on who they used to be. Yeah, that 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 album would have been the nail in Kiss. And and frankly, 
I think if that's what would have happened, Kiss would have just retired rather than continuing on to play clubs and theaters. They would have just yeah. said, nope, nope, we, we, we don't want to become the band that used to be big. We're going to retire before we get seen that way. How long do you think it takes for the reunion to happen then? Well, to some extent, I think that's how exactly it played out. Yeah. The, the right, the, at that point in time, the writing was on the wall. Mm -hmm. Going back to revenge, we, you know, again, there's some people who will say revenge is very overrated and not a great album, but as a Kiss record, it's a very solid record. Kiss was back to what we as fans, for the most part, liked, which is exactly what they did with Creatures. But then it couldn't last because as good as revenge was grunge killed him, mm -hmm. killed them. They went from selling out hot in the shade tour to playing at half empty, same venues. Yep. Just a couple years later, the album was strong as hell. It's uh, it didn't sell but it did debut high, but Kiss fans were like, thank you. You guys are back. You look good. You sound great. We love everything about this. I think Kiss at that point in time knew the writing was on the wall then because all they did coming out of revenge was buy a little bit more time with a convention tour. Yep. And Planted the seeds. Planted the seeds. Boy, there's a lot of interest in this. Boy, we can't be a grunge band. It's not going to happen. Even if we record this, we just can't. We can't sell this from our hearts. We got to do the reunion now. There's no, there's no future for Kiss as an original band at that point in time. They have to become the nostalgia band. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's exactly how it played out. I yeah, think it, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it did. I mean, I I don't think, and, and I feel I feel the same way about um, revenge as I feel about creatures. I think they're both not as good as everybody. Oh, they're not terrible, but I just don't think they're as good all the way through. I think you know, like. Revenge, you you pull a couple of those songs off of it, like God Gave Rock and Roll to You, should have stayed on the Bill and Ted soundtrack. I Just Wanna. Uh, there, there's a couple clunkers on, on Revenge. Well, there's a couple clunkers on, on both Creatures and yeah. Revenge. And, Especially. you know, I, I, will, I will admit, I don't listen to either. I, I'm a big fan of both of those albums in those eras, but I don't listen to those albums nearly as much as I do asylum or crazy yeah. nights yeah. or alive too um but i think why they mean so much to me and maybe this is the same for a lot of people is what it meant as a kiss fan at that time oh dude i get it i get it i get it, 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 it was like you know creatures of the night was just like oh god it was dynasty then it was unmasked and it's elder and you're like what the fuck am I what what what's this band gonna do now and they came back with creatures and you're like oh, they're a rock band again now that's a pretty freaking heavy 
you again timeline put yourself back there right, when preachers right, came right, right, out right. that was a damn heavy album yes for kiss heaviest album they had released up to that point and not by just a little bit by a lot it was a heavy album it was it was but i think i think one of the reasons that it everybody's like god it's so great it's so huge it's so amazing it didn't sell shit it, it didn't sell nobody That's cared about great. kiss nobody cared about kiss at that time but i think that also the, the fact that it's not as great as everybody makes it out to be Yes, it's got War Machine. Yes, it's got Creatures of the Night. Yes, it's got I Love It Loud. I Still Love You is, I, I, I do like that song. I know it's Mark, one of the worst songs Kiss has ever done. Yeah. Um, other song. than that, other than that, what's good? Well, you know, to me, this all what Creatures and Lick It Up to me were a perfect example of what the makeup did to Kiss. Mm-hmm. Meaning, argue with that. there, there was, there was, there's. I mean, just I love it loud. That's a great radio song. That's a great anthem song. I mean, you hear that played in stadiums. Nobody was given it the time of day because Kiss was a worn out makeup band. It was just like ooh, they just wear makeup. We're tired of this shit. Now, if. Now, people are like, yeah, well, Lick It Up was a great album. Yeah, but if Lick It Up was released, still wearing makeup, it would have gotten an even worse reception than Creatures of the Night because people had written Kiss Off mm-hmm. solely because of the makeup. They took the makeup off. They paid attention to the album. Yeah, you still had to have some good songs on, on Lick It Up, and they did, thankfully. They did. But if you put makeup on let lick it up cover nobody would have given lick it up the time of day it was purely at that point in kiss's career and maybe paul more than anybody knew this they were judged simply by makeup yep and not just by fans Mm -hmm. but by the music industry as well Nobody took them seriously, so they had well, to nobody, take it well, off. I mean, well, nobody in the industry ever took them seriously. If you want to be, yeah. But but there was there was there was a clear you could see. I mean, MTV wasn't all over. I love it loud. MTV definitely played, and you know they did the revealing of Kiss on MTV. So taking the makeup off made them an easier band for radio and video and MTV to sell. Yeah. And, and, and revenge, unfortunately was sort of the exact opposite of all of that. They had great look, they were out of makeup, but the music industry changed again and anything that was even remotely classic rock, hard rock, hair metal was looked down upon mm-hmm. yeah just and, part of and your cycle yeah and they had to put the makeup back on to become that nostalgia act to relive 1977 yep and let's and let's be honest if they became the nostalgia act without makeup never would have never would have worked nope never would have worked they had to have the original four in makeup 
and playing only the songs from the 70s. Mm -hmm. they, could, they, they, they couldn't have done that reunion tour and slip tears are falling in there. Oh, not at least. Are you balancing your checkbook? What's going on over there? You're muted. I call my daughter real quick. Oh. <laughs> Tell her to bring you a beer. <clears throat> um, you know, so, I mean, I, I can understand that maybe Creatures and Revenge are overrated, but I think to a lot of the Kiss Army, they, it's not so much about the music as it, it meant our band is back to what we see now that sort is of a, love and remember about them. That is an excellent description of it. Good job. Good job. I'm going to actually pat <laughs> you on the back for once. Oh my God. Good job, Brandbold. Wow. That, 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 that I'm going to give you kudos for that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, again, I mean, I have, I have distinct memories when I listened to Creatures of the Night for the first time and Revenge for the first time. And both yeah. of those were similar types of emotions of like, oh my God, I was so surprised. Not, you know, especially coming off Revenge, coming off of Hot in the Shade, which again, Hot in the Shade was just, well, uh, this didn't, didn't feel right. But even loving Crazy Nights and Asylum when revenge hit, I was like, oh, wow, it feels like Gene's back in the band. They look like a fucking band. They look mean as shit. They look tough. Um, they look great. My band is back. And, you know, I think any Kiss fan, that emotion sort of makes every song feel even better than it might really be. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, look, uh, when I first got Revenge, I was all in. I was fucking all in. It's like we saw the video for Unholy. God, this fucking rules. Gene Simmons oh. is back, man. He's back. Evil. He's back. And now that we've had, God, nearly 30, well, 30 years to look back on it, because it came out in what, 92? 92. 92. Right? 92. So yeah. this will be the 30 year anniversary of it. You can pick it apart. Oh, of course you can. Back Definitely then. can. There's some, there's weak, there's weak, there's weak parts to it. But I think as a whole, it's a pretty, it was a pretty solid album era. Meaning the album looked great. Ah. The, the band looked great. The majority of the songs were great. The tour was great. You know, it, 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 I, I can't say that. As much, as much as I love Crazy Nights, I will sit here and say the Crazy Nights tour was a fucking disaster and boring out. of. I was bored out of my mind. It was like, what, a 70 minute set that they did on Crazy Nights tour. It was a short set. I felt like they were phoning it in. I love the album, but that tour, one of the least memorable tours, I I was ready to give up on, on seeing Kiss Live because that tour was lame. See, I didn't get to see him until Hot in the Shade. Hot in the Shade was my moment of like, okay, the album sucks, but holy shit, they're mm. back live. They're mm. back live. I would love to hear one of those off the soundboard from Hot in the Shade. They should. Yeah. They should. Because that was like the pinnacle of the, I mean, honestly, that was the pinnacle of the non-makeup era. Was that Hot in the Shade tour. That the pinnacle of non-makeup 
tours. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, not 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 the album "Hot in the Shade," but the right. tour itself. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this so many times. It's like if you were at that tour, freaking goosebumps mm-hmm. when they opened that show with "I Stole Your Love." You were like, Wah. I mean. I could only imagine every every diehard fan in the audience, their jaw was on the floor going, what? And then when the low, even as bad as that Kiss logo was, when that rose up in the lights, you were like, oh, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, the, that those are things that stick with you as a Kiss fan when you have those moments. Yeah. And make it all that much better. And again, mm-hmm. it might mask something that, you know, it masks the fact that that logo was fucking stupid looking. It was a terrible logo. I had no problems with it. I but still- I had no problems at that point in time. It was like, oh, my God, I'm not looking at the outline of the logo. I'm looking at it rising from the ashes going, yep. that's my fucking band is just rising from the ashes. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Yeah. So, you know, listening to Revenge was that way listening to creatures was that way both those tours reinforced it those albums just happened at the wrong times i don't think they could have happened at a different time no no not at all you had you had to hit absolute rock bottom with elder in order to get your ass kicked so much you came back with creatures you had to get so frustrated and pissed that gene had checked out for nearly a decade that he finally came back and when he came back he kicked so much fucking ass on revenge that it brought the band back together yeah i'm just having a random thought Uh-oh. did either of you ever think about getting the casket no no i because my luck would be because, you know, it plays, what, Detroit Rock City or something like that? That's, the that's casket the... plays Detroit Rock no, City? No, I don't think the casket plays oh, any I music. Thought, I, I thought the casket played music. No, it doubles as a cooler. Yeah, that's what it does. I, it doubles I could, as a cooler. I could have swore that thing played music, because that would be my luck. There'd be a manufacturer's heir, and I'd be stuck with the elder <laughs> for eternity. And all I hear is, I am just a boy. Jesus Christ. Am I in a fucking eternal remake of Pinocchio? What the fuck is going on here? At least I love how Izzy getting, always I'm brings getting, it back I'm to trashing it. the elder somehow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have you try you redirect it, Michael, and then it comes right back in again. You redirect and it comes back. I mean, well, you know, I I posed this question once when we I don't know what we were probably were talking about. It's my life, which is Mark's God given greatest song that's never been released that would save kiss from armageddon type of thing um you know if if the elder musically didn't change but the band had the creatures of the night look would that have made any difference to how that music was perceived i am just a boy no absolutely not absolutely not I don't know. I think to some extent it might have. It wouldn't no. have. It wouldn't have saved anybody's career by any means. No, it, no. but no, the look would have done nothing. It, I mean, I think. I think when you start with the elder music and then you put the elder look on top of that, and then an album that's got no pictures of Kiss on it, you were just piling on to Kiss fans going, 
I don't know where these this band has gone anymore. That maybe if there was a picture of Kiss and Creatures costumes on the cover of The Elder, fans would have been like, okay, they don't look like Vegas showgirls. That's good. No, because the needle would have dropped and they would have heard, I am just a boy. See, I, I, you know, I don't hate The Elder like you do. I don't listen to it a lot, but I listen to The Elder more than I listen to Creatures and Revenge. If that means anything to anybody. There's, there's good moments on The Elder. There's definitely bad. I mean, you could pick apart The Elder like you could pick apart Revenge. Oh, you can pick. You don't even have to pick apart the real, the elder. You just throw it in the garbage. That's where it belongs. It's terrible. You're lying to yourself. <laughs> you do not get kiss Fonzie cool points by saying that you like the elder. Stop oh, it. What, what are okay. what are Fonzie cool points? <laughs> you just made that up. Didn't you ever play the fucking Happy Days game in the seventies? No. You won Fonzie cool points. No. No. Guys, I have to go take my daughter to wait, wait, wait a second. So you're ripping on the elder as you tell us you used to play the Happy Days Happy Fonzie Days Cool Day. Points game? Please, Izzy, you've checked out. All right, all right. Lisa, Lisa's got to go, so that's our cue. Izzy, I, I will admit this was not nearly the train wreck I thought we would have. Um, and just really you, quick, you, you did anybody, a good job. If anybody did make it this far into the show, a huge thank you to Vintage USA Guitars. I am now a, an official Vintage USA artist. Um, that's my Vintage <laughs> USA telly behind me. So uh, check those guys out. Affordable and fucking amazing. And, and I'm going to see and, Izzy at the end of May. Yeah, you are. Oh, and, and he's letting he's coming down into his basement to let you out in May. <laughs> <laughs> um, release. So before we wrap up, quick homework question. Um, what do you think about Kiss Asylum? Is it overrated, underrated, you know, m- musically? Oh, I don't, we all know what we all think about the, the makeup and or the, the stage costumes, just the music on Asylum. Listen to it. What do you think? And I guess to Izzy's point, is the elder a piece of trash? And uh, are Creatures and Revenge a bit overrated? So that's your homework. That's it. This was actually a pretty damn good show. Yeah, I have right, no clue. He, he, I got to give Izzy credit. He might he might have saved himself from being fired like Dr. Fuck was fired. Dude, and this is what you've been missing. You've been missing the... <laughs> But you've been uh, missing the Izzy. That's, yeah, let's not go too far here, Izzy, because yeah, you've had plenty of chances to prove yourself. Uh, yeah, and it hasn't been for like a year and a half. And, and, and you know, Izzy's going to Vegas, people. So next yeah, time so you're next, in Vegas, you can hang out with Izzy. Yeah, and next time uh, I'm on the show, it will be coming from my place in Vegas. And he can right eat across. White Castle in Vegas oh, now. Yeah, that's the only reason. He told me offline that's really the only reason he's moving is because there's a White Castle in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and now I can plan my trips to Phoenix to get the almighty Waffle House. You know, we have <laughs> Waffle Houses here in Georgia, too, you know. Yes, you His do. life revolves around junk food. And, and I'm only five hours from a Perkins. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I forgot about Perkins. All right, guys. Let's let yeah, Lisa go. go. All right, everybody, that's it. Three sides of the coin. We'll see you next week. So you love the show. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. 
subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. For three sides of the coin, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.